Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and the leading producer of quality fertilizer products. This podcast is intended to facilitate the transfer of knowledge for farmers and crop advisors, improving farm profitability and environmental sustainability. Grow the Future with Yara. Hello and welcome. I'm Ken Rundle and in this podcast we're going to explore how Yara is preparing for a low carbon future. Anka Quast was head of Yara's Global Crop Nutrition Research, but now as Vice President Climate Neutral Roadmap, she's part of Yara's Climate Neutrality Team within the Farming Solutions Department. So she's in an ideal position to explain what contribution the company and its products can make as farming strives to meet its obligations and the environmental targets set by governments around the world. Anka, just how real are those targets and what is Yara's strategy for the future? We see what is happening around us, all these extreme weather conditions with new records every year. So fighting climate change is crucial for agriculture, as it is for all of us. And it makes totally sense that governments are driving this. For Yara, it's a real concern. And the ambition is to become climate neutral by 2050 in our own production and in addition to actively contribute to the transformation of the whole food chain towards climate neutrality. Farming does have a contribution to make there very much. Absolutely. Um, and But we need also to acknowledge that there is not the one big solution to fix it. And for tangible impact, many have to contribute from different angles. Looking at the global picture, agriculture accounts for about a quarter of greenhouse gas emissions, of which crop production accounts again, for about a quarter. So concerning fertilizer, the production accounts for about one and a half percent and another one and a half percent is then coming from the use of the fertilizer in the field. So no doubt it's relevant. But looking at it from the food chain perspective, Yara has explored several food chain studies to identify the main contributors for greenhouse gas emission. Taking the example wheat and potato, Again, about a quarter of the greenhouse gas emission of the bread or the potato the consumer is buying comes from farming, of which about 30 to 40 percent are emitted from the soil and around 25 to 30 percent are related to the production of fertilizer. That means that both emissions from fertilizer production and crop soils have to be addressed to finally decarbonize the food chain. So let's focus on the farmer then. We are currently working together with Landmännen in Sweden to develop the first carbon-free food chain. And this is quite an effort as many players are involved from fertilizer producers to wholesaler, retailer, farmer, food companies, and again, retailer, and then finally the consumer. Uh, for the farmer, it starts with a consideration of the fertilizer carbon footprint when purchasing, as fertilizers are coming with a different load of greenhouse gas emission. Already in 2024, Yara has developed an abatement technology that is reducing the nitrous oxide emission from fertilizer production by more than 90%. This really matters as nitrous oxide is depleting stratospheric ozone and is around 300 times more impactful on climate than carbon dioxide. As this abatement technology is now widely used in Europe, the fertilizers here can have less than half the carbon footprint as compared to fertilizers from other origins. 
Another important way Yara is reducing climate impact in farming is through improving what we call nitrogen use efficiency. Increasing the nitrogen use efficiency means to produce more food per unit of applied nitrogen. And it is a measure to reduce climate impact. Yara has developed several tools and services for farmers to help to predict the nitrogen demand of crops more precisely in terms of rate, time, and in a special variable manner, like with the Yara N sensor and at farm, which is the satellite-based solution. This is precision farming. Yes, this is precision farming, special variable fertilizer application according to the demand at that specific spot in your field. By using such tools in combination with nitrate-based fertilizer, the nitrogen use efficiency can be increased considerably from around 60%, which is the current average in Europe, to 80%. This has been demonstrated in more than 100 field trials. And concerning digital uh, solutions, after piloting work in the last years, beginning of next year, a digital platform will be available in 15 countries and for 23 crops to scale up the holistic digital offer of Yara. The offer consists of field-specific crop nutrition planning, access to hyper-local weather data, crop monitoring via satellite images, measurement of N uptake either via photo analysis via the phone or with the N-Tester BT device, as well as variable rate application cards based on Yara's N-Sensor algorithm, which can be then transferred wireless to the machinery. Yara will also start monitoring yield, nutrient use efficiency, and carbon footprint and provide local and regional benchmarks for those metrics. So all these things are offering, um, all these things are basically offering choices, but it's up to the farmer to decide what will be used. And this depends if they see, if the farmer see the need, if he's uh, basically, if he likes it, and also if that is affordable for him. Yara tools are designed to be user-friendly and to provide solutions and a tangible value. We are convinced that our offer is coming with a good timing, as the political aim is to reduce nutrient losses by at least 50%, and precision farming technologies and reduction of fertilizer inputs are named as measures. So the drive will come from both the common agriculture policy and the Green Deal and will either come as part of license to operate or by motivation via incentives. I think I should say at this point that obviously that would affect Irish farmers, but of course, as far as the rest of the UK is concerned, that pressure is going to come from targets being set in Scotland, in Northern Ireland, in Wales, and, and of course in England through the UK policies. So all of this is political pressure that farmers are really going to have to take on board, and Yara is there to support them. Absolutely. And it should be basically a convenient solution for the farmer and really adding also benefits. But you're just, as well as farming tools, you've said already, you're looking at the way you produce fertilizers yourself. Uh, and that, if you like, is this green ammonia program. Uh, we've had a me mention of that in the past from colleagues of yours, but you can explain a bit more about it. Producing nitrogen fertilizer means to basically extract the nitrogen from the air because in the air we have 78% of nitrogen and that nitrogen is then combined with hydrogen 
in the Haber-Bosch process to produce ammonia. And this is basically the, the starting point for all nitrogen fertilizers. Together, uh, today, the majority of this hydrogen is coming from natural gas. And the carbon dioxide from this gas can then be reintroduced into the process to produce urea. So in order to become climate neutral, Yara is now on the way back to renewable energy because hydropower was the initial energy source of Yara's fertilizer production in 1905. And for example, the, in the Yara Glomfjord plant, hydropower was used until 1991. It was basically the economy which made Yara to change to natural gas at that time. So now we are moving back to this. And the move to renewable electricity is based on a process called electrolysis. And this will be used to convert water into hydrogen. And this will, which will be then transformed into ammonia. Ammonia is a molecule consisting of one unit of nitrogen and three units of hydrogen. And this makes ammonia also extremely attractive as an energy carrier. In that process, the carbon dioxide of the urea production, which came originally from the natural gas, is now not available anymore. And it has, been, um, and it has to be noted that nitrate is the only nitrogen source which can really become carbon-free. Yara has started several initiatives together with different partners to produce green fertilizers. For example, with NEL to produce carbon-free hydrogen for fertilizer and green ammonia production. Their next generation electrolyzer will be tested at the plant in Porsgrun in 2022 with a capacity of 5 megawatt. And in another project with Ørsted, we are starting a pioneering project to establish a 100 megawatt wind-powered electrolyzer plant to serve the plant in Sloiskiel with an abatement of more than 100,000 tons of carbon dioxide per year. The aim is to have this operational in 2024-2025 if the required public co-funding is secured and the right regulatory framework is in place. So this project has the potential to fertilize half a million hectare with green Yarabela fertilizer. Also with ENGIE, we have agreed to carry out a feasibility study to design a green hydrogen plant integrated with Yara's existing ammonia plant in Pilbara, Western Australia. Now you've mentioned in this collaboration, you've mentioned it more than once so far, and you believe that the collaboration message must go wider than just, say, a manufacturer and their power supplies. Really reducing the carbon footprint of a whole industry means involving the whole food chain, including the consumer. Absolutely, yes. Climate neutrality will come with a cost. For example, carbon-free fertilizers will be two to five times more costly than common fertilizers. Relating it to a loaf of bread, the price increase will be just a few euro cent, but somebody has to pay for it. And we see already some moves at the food companies who will put carbon footprint labels on their product. And we have early indications that this could become part of the consumer preferences, for example, buying fossil free milk. But in order to scale and speed up, more support is required, firstly from policymakers, to secure fair returns for farmers by incentivizing climate neutral food production, but also support is needed to bring the green ammonia production costs down with time and also by scaling up and maturing the technology further. It's also critical to implement 
a carbon leakage protection system by EU and UK policymakers to reduce this carbon dioxide burden. Secondly, the food industry needs to generate more value from climate neutral food production and share it then with all parties who are contributing to it. And at the end, finally, a lot depends on the consumer. So all of us and our willingness to pay the true cost of food. I think farmers in the UK would be a, a little bit uh, conscious of that word sharing. Um, retailers and food manufacturers in Britain aren't too generous with uh, giving farmers the benefit. They tend to push the costs onto the farmer rather than reducing the farmer's costs. Do you think there will be a change of attitude because of the way that everyone's going to have to work together to meet the targets? Yes, I think because we have all the same targets. We, have, we are all working towards the same target. And that means that we have to share basically our objectives and uh, have an open dialogue uh, to really make it happen. So these dialogues are already ongoing from with together with food uh, industry and also farmers, uh, because the food industry is putting some pressure on the farmers. And then there is a negotiation ongoing how this can be definite, how this can be realized, because it's really adding cost and efforts and I think it's uh, very natural that uh, everybody has to contribute, but also everybody should somehow benefit. You're at the sharp end. You're dealing uh, with, at, with both the cutting edge research and obviously negotiating with policymakers or at least involved in that, those discussions. Um, how about the ERA field officers, those that are working directly with pharma clients? Are they being kept in the loop on this? Are they being given the support they need to give advice and support to the farmers? Yes, Yara has, um, has a very strong footprint on the ground and all activities we have, all these initiatives are always anchored in the market. Uh, our colleagues in the market are basically the interface with the farmers and also the food chain partners. So that is fully integrated in Yara and at the end the results will be generated on the ground in the market at the farmer side. So I suppose the last question is going to be, how quickly do you see all this happening and, and what are the next steps, the small steps that perhaps farmers will notice first? I am convinced that in Europe we will see big moves in agriculture already during the next 15 years. And this is because the required technology and digital infrastructure will become increasingly available. This will enable a more sustainable but also profitable crop production. There are still many steps to go, but one of them is relevant for all of us. We need to make more conscious choices as consumers, as this will be a strong driver for this transformation. Anke Quast, that's been a fascinating insight into the thinking of a global player like Yara and the recognition that things like the Paris Agreement on Climate Change are more than just headlines. They are driving policy, in some parts of the world at least. Thank you for your contribution. I'm Ken Rundle and I'll be back with another podcast in a couple of weeks from now. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.